7 o'clock on a Saturday night, and as usual, that means it's time for the other podcast. I'm your host, Robert Stacy McCain. And I'm not, hello folks, it's John Hogue here, the other guy on the other pod- podcast, and we have Diana joining us from Exotic Veldostic. Good evening. Good evening. Um, please be patient. I am using my phone tonight, My uh, for some reason... Um, atmospheric interference. I don't know what, but I, I, when I tried to dial in with my uh, rig, it did not work. <laughs> well, then you sound uh, just fine. So technical okay. difficulties. Well, folks, you can find my good friend John Hogue's blogging at hoguash.com. And Stacy has been known to blog at theothermccain.com uh, and other fine spots around the interwebs. And Diana can be found at uh, dealyadvancement.com, right? Yes, dealyadvancement.com. Yes, and, yep. and, and uh, uh, so how's the weather in beautiful Valdosta? Uh, weird. We have gone from uh, looking like it was we were going to have a tornado to having a bright blue sky to having scattered clouds to having heavy gray overcast. It's weird. Is it warm, though? It's warm and very, very close. Yeah, today was uh, warm and sunny here. We had a uh, but a very uh, nice uh, first day of April, uh, mm. but we're kind of, now it's overcast and we are expecting rain. Well, I I, when, I, when I stopped for gas on the way here, there was a sudden uh, gust of wind coming through as this front is going, and it was like the wind went from dead calm to like, 25 uh-huh. knots uh yeah i mean in the time it took me to pump the gas yeah it's yeah. supposed to get down to 40 tonight i'm told but uh uh meanwhile uh down in valdosta the uh crime wave <laughs> continues continues boy yes. howdy valdosta teen sentenced to life for murder i quote mm-hmm. from the valdosta daily times a valdosta teen was convicted of murder Wednesday and sentenced to life without parole. Kendrick Mitchell, 18, was on trial in Lowndes County Superior Court for the 2021 death of his former girlfriend, age 17. Police reports had earlier identified the victim as Denidra Sessoms. Um, at 5.10 a.m. November 20th, 2021, someone called 911 to report a shooting at the intersection of ooh, West Gordon Street mm-hmm. and Lankford Drive. That's a long way from me. It's about a mile and a half. Oh, okay. okay. I don't think I, I even heard the shooting. 
Yeah, I saw Gordon Street, and I was like, yeah. uh-oh. Well, anyways. Well, kind of a long street. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, I'm glad. It's, yeah, I mean, it's basically one of the main drags in town uh, going it is, east to yeah. west. All right. If you want well, to go east to west, we're a good choice. <laughs> okay. Officers found sesums in the road with gunshot wounds. Police and bystanders tried to provide first aid until medics arrived, but she was pronounced dead on the scene. Well, you know, this is for, for Diana, something like that. Murders are at least news. Where she came from. <laughs> oh. and, and where oh. we are and well we're we're somewhat out in the country but baltimore you know a shooting and the cops found a body in the street i mean and every day yeah and mitchell and sesums were together after they left a group of friends then mm -hmm. a dispute arose and oh. they separated mitchell was picked up by his mother and they rode around until they saw the victim driving Mitchell's car. He got mm. out of his mother's car, walked over to the other vehicle, and shot Sesums several uh. times. He shot her again after she fell into the road with his mother present. Ah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I... I, I read I that story and just thought, good heavens. Yeah, well, I mean, your ex-girlfriend steals your car. I don't know, you know. His own I, mother was involved in this. That's the right. craziest Let's thing. Go get her. Well, Mom. you know, I, you know, I lent my uh, car to my girlfriend, and she totaled it. But then I wound up marrying her. Uh, oh, well, well, okay. Anyways, but that—that's your update on the Valdosta crime wave. And, and and then twenty-five you know, years. We went, and then twenty-five we, years later, she totaled my Mercedes. Mm. Well, hey, um, I do want to point out that we had gone a good solid 10 years without a single homicide. Mm. So, so this is this is all very strange. It's spiking up, spiking yeah. up. Yeah. Well, so uh, if, if we, there, it, there is news from places farther north than Valdosta, though. Aha. Uh -huh. Yeah, as a matter of fact, on uh, Thursday, the, a tweet appeared from Sana Marine. Uh, and that's the way you pronounce your name in uh, Finnish. Uh, uh, Finland's application has uh, has now been ratified by all members, and we will join NATO. Yay! Thanks you to, or not? Thank you to, no, thank you to all countries for your support. As allies, we will give and receive security. We will defend each other. Finland stands with Sweden now and in the future, and supports its application. Uh, mm -hmm. And I just have one comment about that whole thing. The Finnish border is a two and a half drive from Vladimir um, Putin's hometown of St. Petersburg. This mm -hmm. is very true. But, yeah. you know, this just feeds into that Russian paranoia about encirclement. Yeah. Well, just because they're paranoid doesn't mean we're not out to get them. Well, that's our own darn choice, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, well, but, you, you know, you, Russia. Yeah, well, see, I, you know, I, I go back to the 90s, uh, mm. you know, in the fall of the Soviet Union and thinking, finally, yeah, I know. you know, I, I am so glad that the Cold War is over. And it mm. seemed to me that uh, Russia and America could be friends because it, it, I had never understood any reason why other than communism why we should be enemies. But then Bill Clinton became president and he 
fucked it up. Excuse my French. Well, well. no and yes. Uh, the, uh, the no part of it is there's no natural reason mm-hmm. for the United States and Russia to be uh, uh, at each other's throats or even uh, much involved in each other's sphere of influence. Unfortunately, we are involved in each other's uh, sphere of influences because we choose to be allies with Europe, uh, well, Western just... Europe through NATO, and they choose to be allies with uh, 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 certain uh, entities in the Middle East. Mm. Well, historically, back to the 1840s, um, the Russians saw the United States as uh, global rivals. Uh, it's, there's a lot of stuff going on there, and the history of it is long and kind of convoluted, but it's always been there. Yeah, but the, the, only, the only place where our interests actually uh, meet, meet uh, uh, or met, I should say, mm-hmm. was in China during the latter half of the 19th century up until about uh, the First World War. Uh, the resources of the Arctic, and of course, we're only the Bering Strait across from each other at, at this point. I don't yeah. know. You know, the thing is, there is no reason that we could not be allies. But well, the that, problem- that Russian historical paranoia, it's still there. It will always be there until I don't, I don't think there's a way to make that go away by waving a magic wand. No, well, but- well, but no, it's, but yeah, but you know, it's always, it's been Russia versus the Swedes, and we're on the same side as the Swedes. Oh, yeah. and it's been it's been Russia versus the Germans, and we're on the same side as the Germans. And it's been mm-hmm. Russia versus the Turks, and we're, and we're on, on the same the, side as the Turks. Well, <laughs> well, well I'm problem. not I'm not sure about that, but we're no I'm not sure about that, but we're on the same side as the former uh, uh, Turkish uh, Empire states of places like Bulgaria and Romania. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, anyway. Serbia, okay? If if you know anything well, about the history of the 20th century, yes. you know that the reason World War II happened World was because World War I, World War I happened. Sarajevo, of- assassination of Archduke Ferdinand and his, his wife, Sophie. But and I mean, Russia has traditionally, the, the mm-hmm. Serbs have traditionally viewed. Russia as their ally and vice versa. Well, it has well to do, since uh, it, since never it's, mind. Well, it's 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 a, it's a Slavic unity sort of thing. I mean, if you mm-hmm. uh, uh, Tchaikovsky wrote March Slav to raise money uh, to pay mm-hmm. for uh, the support mm-hmm. of wounded veterans who'd gone from Russia to support the Serbs against the Turks. Right, and but the- um, getting getting but the Turks held uh, Serbia for from uh, the late. From the late 1450s, well, call it 1560s, 50s, right up through the late, right up through the 19th century. So, you know, how much brotherhood is there? I don't know. You know, it, it's but all very strange. To explain how Bill Clinton fucked everything up, again, excuse <laughs> my French, um, you know, the thing is, is that. It's the evil dictator theme in mm-hmm. uh, American political rhetoric. Who, whichever dictator we want to bomb, okay, is ginned up as as the worst dictator in the world, okay, a, a, a veritable Hitler uh, mm-hmm. by our news media, and this is this is more than once. 
uh, you know, in recent history, uh, led to uh, wars that were just stupid wars. Know, stupid wars, and and so everybody, everybody, everybody in the former Yugoslavia engaged in ethnic cleansing. Okay, this is this is just a fact. I, I know some Croatians. Okay, mm. and they did their share of ethnic cleansing. Okay, so it mm. was a war of everybody against everybody else. Well, um, Slobodan Milosevic, the evil dictator, uh, and uh, this was in. We bombed Belgrade in support of. Albanian Muslim terrorists. That's what that was about. The Albanian terrorists, and that's what they were, okay? Uh, and it was a, a radical Islamic group. And, but we had to, you know, NATO had to, and here's the thing. Here's my whole thing about that. It, it, it's the Europeans' problem. Why can't they solve it? Why did they have to have us come in? Wesley Clark, do you remember General Wesley yes, Clark? Yes, I remember that idiot yeah. painfully clearly. And, 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 and this idea that we, well, we got to go and bond this. It was what I call the War of Monica's Thong. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know the War of Jenkins here. Yes, yes, I know the War of Jenkins here. Well, you know, but... <laughs> okay, it, 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 it's just another example of uh, the exploitation of women by certain people. Uh, mm. and speaking of that, uh, Riley Gaines is uh, a, a, a the top-level uh, woman athlete swimmer, and uh, she was making a presentation uh, and that uh, a section of it went viral on, on Twitter. Uh, uh, she, and there was an anthropologist involved in, oh, in, I couldn't in, in believe going that. Through. And she asked an, uh, uh, the anthropologist, if you were to dig up two humans a hundred years from now, both men, a man and a woman, could you tell the difference strictly uh, off the bones? And the, he says, mm -hmm. no. And the, of course, the audience just laughs him down. And <sighs> he winds up, you know, as part of his response saying, I'm not sure why I'm being laughed at as if I'm, uh, you know, laughed at. Uh, I'm the expert in the room. I have a Ph.D. <laughs> And it's like, yeah, right. Uh, you could very much tell the difference of, in the skeleton of a woman, yes. and a, an adult woman and an adult man. Uh, yes. The, you can even tell the difference in a pre-adolescent if you look hard, if you spend the time to look. Well, yes, but if you take that, but I mean, just looking, you can see, wow, mm -hmm. uh, you, how would a baby get through that narrow set of, oh, it's a man. Right. Yeah, I have, uh, I, I have, um, on more than one occasion, uh, ex explain the uh, importance of pelvic girth uh, mm -hmm. in uh, uh, in mate selection. You know, is that uh, because we have big babies? Have, have, mm -hmm. You know, our three youngest children all weigh ten pounds or more <gasps> at birth. Yeah. So. Oh, your poor uh, wife. Oh, oh, yeah. Going on to uh, 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 you know, and and the other thing is long labor. I mean, long pregnancies. Uh, in other words, forty-two mm. or forty-three weeks. Yep. Is the, is, That's is, a long time to be. Yeah. Yeah. Connie, Connie, Connie was uh, ten days allegedly past due when Will was born. Right. 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 Yeah. And that's the and thing, she had and she survived it. <laughs> 
there is a, a variations uh, uh, in, in, you know, the average, they say 40 mm -hmm. weeks, but uh, uh, I was quote unquote born late, you know, mm. and uh, I was born on time. <laughs> Almost exactly. I mean, the, 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 due, the due date was New Year's Eve and I was born five minutes to midnight on New Year's Eve. So I was born in I was born in the hallway with the with the doctor yelling at my mom. No, no, wait, wait. <laughs> well, I was born in the backseat of a greyhound, of a greyhound bus, bus rolling, rolling down, down Highway, highway 41. 41. <laughs> Actually, you weren't that far from Highway 41 when you were born, and neither was I. Yeah. Speaking of South Georgia, though, that's yes. it. See, that's a lyric. Yeah. Right I, yeah. Well, the street I was born on was U.S. Four. Uh, actually, it's U.S. Four Thirty One, man. Yeah. But U.S. Forty One is like three blocks over. I, I would okay. have to. I would have to. I have forgotten how. I know that Forty One goes through Atlanta as north. It goes right drive. through Valdosta. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, well, it, it's it's basically Chicago to Miami. Uh, anyway. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the, um, but I, I didn't have to go to school to learn that. I didn't have to go to learn, just, uh, go to school to learn uh, that, uh, uh, that uh, women are different from men. Uh, <laughs> you know, fortunately, I could look at my mom and tell her, tell that she wasn't exactly the same as my father. Uh, <laughs> but I can tell you that my mother used to teach in a two room schoolhouse uh -huh. in rural Tennessee. Your mother did. Yes. When she started teaching school in the late 30s, she was in a two-room schoolhouse up on uh, the mountain above the Sequatchie Valley in Marion County, Tennessee. All right. Well, see, I did. Mm -hmm. I I had not heard. Did I that set it up particular. for you uh, properly? Yeah. See, yes, yes. I I uh, actually the, one of the reasons I did not have a and I know y'all y'all might have wondered the reason I didn't have a post on Friday is that I started writing this on. On, on like Thursday, I think it was, and didn't finish it until this morning, or, or yeah, the wee hours of this morning. Yeah, it's, you sent me the email about one o'clock. Yeah, I think it's about <laughs> three actually, but but yeah, it's called "Escaping the School Trap," mm. and um, and in it, I invoke uh, that noted scholar Jethro Bodine. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you remember his boast that uh, he had an eighth grade education. Yep. Or, and some people, it would. It, it, I'm told that in different episodes, that that the the grade that he he last accomplished uh, had changed from time to time, whether it was fifth or sixth or eighth grade. Oh. But the story about a man named Chad, the poor mountaineer, barely kept his family fed. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. Thank Let's you. I, I, I went up from I, the ground, came a bubble of crew. Yeah. Well, anyways, <gasps> anyways uh, what, what I'm talking about is um, what's wrong with the American public school system. And if, uh, if you know me, okay, you know never to bring up this subject in conversation <laughs> because I will rant for hours. I have a mic switch here, Stacey. Yeah. I, 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 there are a few critics of public education who have been at it longer than I have since I was a first grader at Annette Wynn Elementary School in Lithia Springs, Georgia. I mean, I was educated against my will. Well, most yeah. of us, well, most of us were miseducated and very much against our will. Yeah. Uh, well, the American public education system was designed 
by people like Dewey over a hundred years ago to prepare people for uh, an industrial society that doesn't exist anymore. <sighs> well, and, it, and yeah, but it wasn't just that. It's also that um, there's it's as Stacy points out in the article. It's aimed at the quote unquote average mythical average student. So people like me were going out of their minds with boredom, and well, the kids. Well, that's because you were in it late enough that it was no longer being implemented as originally planned. I caught the mm. last end of, of the way it was actually designed to work, where there was mm -hmm. an underlying assumption that there would be a couple of parallel systems, uh, mm -hmm. one of them private. You know, if you got enough money or you, you're Catholic or something like that, you'll go into a different schooling track. But also mm. that uh, you, you would locate the smart, bright kids and segregate them in a different stream. And I, mm -hmm. I, that's what, that's, that's what my elementary school education was like. I, we were in a, a different classroom from the other kids and mm -hmm. we, we were reading above grade level and doing all sorts of stuff, but uh, go, go for it, Stacey. Education. And I'm, I'm going to go off track here. Mm -hmm. Education is by its very nature an elitist in the purest sense of the word, an elitist mm -hmm. and aristocratic endeavor. That is to say that as it began, right, the idea was, was to, you know, uh, if you go back and, and you read what Thomas Jefferson wrote uh, mm -hmm. in formulating his plan for the University of Virginia, what he wanted to do was, was basically to identify the talented and gifted, right? Mm -hmm. and, and to provide them with education, the education they would need as, um, you know, as leaders of society. What happened during the uh, 19th century was, can be summed up in a single word, democracy. Okay, the idea of equality, okay, the quote unquote equality, and the idea that everyone must have access to an education, well, why? Okay. Well, actually, that's not what happened. Mm. What happened was that uh, the uh, elites and the, the people like Dewey saw that you were going to have to have a certain level of uh, preparation for people who could be the mm. uh, the foot soldiers of an industrial uh, community. Army. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yes, I mean, and then and you hear things like the moral equivalent of war from people like James. Really? And, uh, but uh, so the, I, what happened, the actual destruction of the education system happened as a result of the GI bill when too many people got college educations that they didn't need and uh, you wound up uh, with a whole bunch of people looking for jobs in an education system and that they weren't intellectually qualified for. Mm. Anyway, mm. So, so, so I went off track there, but um, uh, the, uh, what inspired me uh, uh, to write this was something that Glenn Reynolds wrote on his Substack, a, a column called The Age Barrier and Its Cause. Mm -hmm. And the topic he had he had in mind was age segregation. Now, um, gosh, it's, it's twenty years ago now, more than twenty years ago. My, 
one second. No, no, it was in 30 years ago, I guess, mm -hmm. uh, that uh, my wife and I, no, well, it's 25 years ago. I'm sorry for the, <laughs> anyways, but we started. Did she throw those nerf ball at you? <laughs> we started home homeschooling our kids. And I familiarized myself with the literature of the movement, uh, much of which was led by um, uh, uh, strict Presbyterians, by the way, mm -hmm. um, uh, the Dominionist type. Mm -hmm. um, and so, um, and one of the topics that they addressed was age segregation, okay? Mm -hmm. This idea that, children must be separated from adults at all times. And, um, and this, this narrow age grading, which is artificial, it's not how children naturally are. Naturally are, you know, is that you have your older brothers and sisters, your cousins, your aunts, your uncles, you know, the traditional family home or even the tribal society, right? If you go, go back uh, that far, is that the idea of segregating children away from everybody else and then putting this in, in this age-graded system um, is false. And uh, I, I was um, researching uh, and I came across an education consultant in Minnesota named Carl Bundy. And uh, he cited a, a, um, a, a critic of this age grading system who was quoted in a, in a book. And I will read this in, to you in its entirety. The age grade class system is constructed upon the assumption that a group of minds can be marshaled and controlled in growth in exactly the same manner that a military officer marshals and directs the bodily movements of a company of soldiers. In solid, unbreakable phalanx, the class is supposed to move through all the grades, keeping in lockstep. The, <coughs> the lockstep is set by the average pupil, an <laughs> algebraic myth born of inanimate figures and an adult pedagogy. The class system does injury to the rapid and quick thinking pupils because these must shackle their stride to keep pace with the mythical average. But the class system does a greater injury to the large numbers who make slower progress than the rate of the mythical average pupil. They are foredoomed to failure before they begin. And mm -hmm. that was written in 1912. Right. And yeah. that's one of the reasons, that's one of the, the advantages of, um, that is one of the advantages. You have a, a, a floor plan of a two-room schoolhouse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is one of the advantages of the two-room school because you can't, you, if, if let's say you're dealing with people, uh, children uh, of the range <laughs> of roughly the, what we would think of as kindergarten or first grade up to the eighth grade, let's say, um, mm -hmm. you're, and you're going to have seventh, eighth, some sixth graders who are going to be going through puberty and are going mm -hmm. to be dealing with, a, a, they're going to be dealing with more kinds of things uh, and they will be more mature in uh, lots of ways than the first or second, third graders. So 
so by putting by having a little that a little bit of age separation there you know mm-hmm. and, and 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 it does give a goal for you know the bright fourth grader to, to be able to move across the room uh, the right uh, move through the doors the to hall the to the other class yeah right yeah. so yeah. you know but but the the thing there is there is you know I mean, scouting figured this out roughly about the same time that that was written, that, you know, you don't put the Cub Scouts and the 11-year-old Boy Scouts in the same unit. Right. Uh, so mm-hmm. there is there is, there is something, but once you, once you get a, uh, the two units of boys, you know, then there, there's a lot of mixing that goes on that's age, that's not so much age appropriate as, as maturity appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, 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 you know, considering um, I'm the kid who got um, who uh, is the opposite of age promotion. I am uh, I am a year younger than all of my peers, um, and the only reason they slowed me down was because I was so emotionally immature that it was becoming a problem. Um, and uh, it, my, my ability, my academic ability was always well ahead of my uh, age. So I'm, they, they just sort of said, okay, let us not make things silly. Well, um, so all I can tell you is that there is a certain amount of age appropriate that maybe should be taken into consideration. But honestly, um, a reasonably disciplined classroom, it should not be an issue. Well, that's true. and But there are going to be exceptional students on both mm-hmm. ends of the bell curve. Oh, who yeah. Are, who are going to have to be dealt with one-on-one mm-hmm. or a few-on-one. And it's, <laughs> you know, and, and that's what modern education does. But the other thing that's happened is, uh, in general... Teachers of my mother's generation, the people who uh, were my school teachers, had mm. had IQs that are almost a standard deviation above the current uh, uh, people graduating from uh, uh, education teachers programs. College. Yes, yeah. I know. So, so the intellectual quality of the teachers has declined. Well, the teaching that they receive is enough to kill any any intellectual curiosity at all. Yeah. They use well, the word validate with any, without any um, irony, which just drives me crazy. Yeah, well, you know, what are the, what are the odds that, they, that uh, it's going to be a poor stochastic process? Ah! They, and they won't. And the, pro, the thing is, since they don't know our real history, they can't no. teach it. Well, of course they can't. They haven't so, been taught it themselves. They've been propagandized, not taught. And that what they have no, they have no idea. The the instruction I received about just civics and the nature mm-hmm. of the liberties we enjoy is just completely mm-hmm. different from what what my son was exposed to. Yep. That's Why am I not surprised? I I had a post earlier this week called "Inheriting a Legacy of Liberty," yes. and uh, lovely I think it, I, lovely article. I'm glad you enjoyed it because I loved it. (laughs) Well, not only that, the picture actually will make it on rule. Anne of Bohemia is was a lovely woman, which is kind of surprising since both James first, well, sixth and first, and his wife were neither of them what I would call stunners. But for some reason, all of their kids turned out rather good looking. 
Yeah. Well, anyways, um, what happened? Uh, um, what happened that that inspired this? <laughs> as I explain in the comments, is that I had been watching a YouTube history about the Plantagenet. 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 Let's let's the, just say it in English. Okay. The the Plantagenet dynasty. Mm -hmm. And now I knew that the uh, Plantagenets, you know, that you then go to the Tudor dynasty, and mm. then and then you go from the Tudors and into to the, Stuarts. the Stuarts, right? Mm -hmm. and, and but then I was going, well, how did the Hanoverians get to the throne? Because this is the, the whole Jordan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. How did the Hanoverians get to the throne? And so <sighs> I started studying it, and. <laughs> And uh, this is how I lighted upon the Queen of Bohemia mm -hmm. as, as the central figure of the tale. And I, I begin by citing uh, Edmund Burke's Reflections on the Revolution in France, a, a mm -hmm. great book that everyone should read the way mm -hmm. I had to read it, which is <laughs> I was 34 or 35 years old and people kept name dropping it. Okay, in yes. uh, in newspaper columns or in or the most pretentious fashion, <laughs> right? Right. People would uh, name drop Edmund Burke, and then one day I was in a used bookstore and I saw it sitting there on a shelf in a well-bound volume, and I paid two dollars or whatever for it. Mm -hmm. I had to read it for political science one hundred and two. I unlike, read it for pleasure. <laughs> I'm a unlike, bad person. <laughs> So unlike most people who have read it, and most people have not, by the way, ever read it. Very true. Um, uh, but unlike most of those who have read it, I didn't read it in college. I did not read it under the supervision of a professor who was trying to teach us uh, certain lessons about political science. I didn't even have a study guide with me or in this was before the internet was a thing. Uh, and so I found myself having to read through that 19th century, uh, 18th century prose and make of it, uh, you know, and, and try to figure out what he was saying on my own, unguided. Uh, I think I might have read a dictionary, uh, 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 an encyclopedia article uh, about Burke to, to help mm -hmm. understand it. But the point is, mm -hmm. I had to read the thing. And, I, and one of the things uh, that he talks about uh, is the importance of inheritance uh, to the English Constitution and, and the fact that, that there is a bond between the people and mm -hmm. the sovereign that is inherited on both sides. And mm -hmm. there is then, as it flows from our political history, as mm -hmm. uh, uh, Englishmen uh, becoming Americans and then bringing in people from around the world, mm -hmm. the, you know, it's it, there's a lot of inheritance by adoption that, mm -hmm. uh, that people need to realize that when they're coming into the this political family that they that 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 where where their uh where their rights where they uh, are coming from mm -hmm. yes yes and 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 yes. our rights do not come from a piece of paper okay no nope. our rights were paid for in blood 
Okay. You understand that people died. Okay. Yes. You go down to Virginia and there's a college to this day called Hampton Sydney. Okay. Mm -hmm. Both of those were Whig martyrs uh, yeah. under the reign of Charles the second. Am I correct? Or mm. Charles? But, but anyways, they were, they were Whigs um, who uh, were uh, martyred. Okay, they they were fighting for the uh, the independence of the people and the rights of the people. And that was something that happened before my great to the seventh grandfather came from Scotland in 1680. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it goes back even mm -hmm. further than my roots here. Yeah, and so so uh, mm -hmm. if you the names Hampton and Sydney. Uh, mm -hmm. meant something. Look them up, guys. They're good. Uh, historically. This is a good story. And, and the thing is, the thing is, is that we have to remember where our rights came from. And this is not being taught in our schools, certainly not mm -hmm. taught property. And, and nope. the thing is, is that if this are the people who wrote the Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, they knew this history. Anyways. Mm -hmm. Okay, but, but you the know... the Queen of Bohemia could not be reached, reached for, for comment. comment. But you know who could be reached no. uh, for comment but with, with people's fingers? The yellow button. Aha. Uh -huh. Yes. Thank you very much, John. Uh, we have reached the portion of the program devoted to shameless capitalism, where I remind <laughs> you that if you will go to my blog, theothermccabe.com, near the top of the center column, you will see the yellow button with the word donate on it. If you will click the yellow button, it will take you to my PayPal account, where you can donate dollars, shekels, pesos, yen, uh, euros, uh, just about any kind of currency you've got except Russian rubles uh, can be mm -hmm. donated uh, through PayPal to help support the blog, to help support this podcast, and, of course, uh, to keep my wife happy. Because my wife mm -hmm. likes it when I make money off this venture, and keeping my wife happy is job number one. Meanwhile, over at my good friend John Hogue's blog, Hogwash.com. You'll find in the sidebar an icon that looks like a tip jar. And if you click on it, you'll be taken away to my PayPal account where you can help support Hogwash. Or you can shop at the Hogwash store. There's an icon there in the sidebar that will take you there. Or you can use the Amazon shopping links that you'll find on both our blogs. In fact, there are Amazon links, lots of blogs. Uh, it's a program called the Amazon Affiliates Program, where uh, when you shop using those links, the blogger gets a cut of the action, which helps support us. Something nice that Amazon does for bloggers. Uh, you can also send use the contact information to either send me cash or I'll take gold imperial rubles <laughs> as well. Uh, if you want to send rubles, but only gold imperial. Regardless of how you choose to support us, uh, please remember the five most important words in the English language. Hit the freaking tip jar. Indeed. Now, uh, there is other news that has uh, come around. Uh, apparently, <laughs> the, the Internet's uh, newspaper of record, the Babylon Bee, is reporting that Democrats <laughs> vow to arrest as many political <laughs> opponents as it takes to defeat fascism. And in <laughs> 
And in fact, Nancy Pelosi had a a tweet that uh, got a little bit of blowback. Uh, she said, <laughs> the grand jury has acted upon the facts and the law. No, no they haven't. The, no one is above the law and everyone has the right to a trial to prove innocence. Hopefully the former president will actually respect the system which grants him that right. And of course, I had to fist that. Uh, the, grand jury, uh, the grand jury has acted upon the facts and the law. Yeah, but they invited they indicted him, uh, Trump anyway. No one is above the law and everyone has the right to prove innocence. And uh, a defendant has no obligation to prove his innocence. The state has the duty to prove guilt. And, and then, you cannot prove your innocence. I mean, I'm sorry, but it is impossible to prove a negative. Right. Well, and none of us are innocent. Well, and then <laughs> hope, hopefully, comma, and that's a grammatically incorrect oh, use, yeah. of a, uh, hope, uh, uh, use of That's a, more a taste thing. Come no, on. It, that's no, more taste than grammar. No, it is the grammar because hope that, that introductory hopefully modifies the verb. Some it's a non-existent ad verb, right. Yeah, well, or it's the verb that means that uh, the, uh, the verb is respect. So how do you respect, ho well, hopefully a system. Anyway, uh, the, anyway, peacefully respect the system. And there's a comma there that's an unnecessary comma, mm -hmm. uh, which grants him the right, uh, you know, and as noted above, the presumption of innocence requires the state must prove guilt. Also, the right to a fair trial is not granted by any system. Rights are secured by the main body of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and their pre-existing rights. Mm -hmm. uh, and then one last thing, her uh, her account is at Speaker Pelosi. And I don't think and she's she is no now. longer the speaker. Yeah, well, you know, um, actually, um, as a courtesy, her, she continues to hold that title just as Gingrich does. Uh, well, yeah, and well, and former. But persons. it's a courtesy title, and we all know that, right? Uh, and uh, now that uh, she's not a blue check anymore. Mm, well, nobody's a blue check anymore as I, of April Fool's Day. Well, no, I I am. I paid my eighty four dollars. Oh, did you? Yes, I did. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, I have a blue check. No, uh, and, and, and the reason I did it is because uh, it gives you uh, certain editing features on cool. editing tweets. So it's, it was worth it for so me. So you can fix your typos. And that sort of stuff, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, speaking, speaking of uh, things that need fixing, the, uh, uh, the grand jury. Um, uh, yeah. Yes, yes. The grand jury indictment. The, uh, when, <sighs> the, when the news broke... I guess it was Thursday. The headline in the New York Post was Manhattan Grand Jury Votes to Indict Trump in Stormy Daniels Hush Money Probe, sources say. And um, I quote the New York Post at length uh, and then say, basically, Democrats want to outlaw opposition. Trump's real Got crime... <laughs> Why he's actually being prosecuted is that he beat Hillary Clinton in 2016. So now mm -hmm. they've gotten one of their reliable party henchmen, Soros-funded DA Bragg, to convene a grand jury in Manhattan where <laughs> Hillary got 87% of the vote in 2016, 
to indict Trump on the basis of a far-fetched theory that the payment to Stormy Daniels was somehow felonious. Question. How many other men has Alvin Bragg prosecuted in Manhattan for paying money to whores? Because I'm pretty sure that this payment to the whore... Stormy Daniels is only being treated as a felony by Bragg because a Republican is accused of it. Mm. And uh, I justify that language. Well, it's, it's only a felony. We if, know. No, it's only a felony. What well, has to do with business records, which uh, that's a thousand dollar fine, uh, uh, 11 months and 29 days in jail uh, offense. Uh, and because uh, it's a misdemeanor, unless you do it to, in, uh, to uh, uh, unless the forge record has to do with something you did in support of being able to commit another crime. And he's trying to allege that uh, mm. that uh, what he uh, that was had to do with violating federal campaign law. And the mm -hmm. feds have already declined pro prosecution on this. He's going to. Mm -hmm. I my my bet is he gets a conviction that's overturned. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. Um, look at the J J J6 uh, defendants. They are getting railroaded. If you go to jury trial, you get railroaded. If you um, agree to a plea, you get railroaded. It doesn't matter what you do, you get railroaded um, because the, the jury pool is tainted. Um, and DC, they will okay. Yeah. DC same is thing in New York. Well, same thing in Manhattan, same thing in Brooklyn. Look yeah. what just happened with the blogger and his meme. <clears throat> yeah. Oh that poor God. guy. I, I, I meant to blog about <clears throat> that, but you know, <clears throat> well, there were other things that were more fun. I blogged and, about it last. And week. by the way, Stacy, as I was saying that, uh, the, uh, the queen of Bohemia, uh, <clears throat> made rule five. I'm not <clears throat> sure. I personally, I don't under, I don't think uh, Stormy Daniels makes the Rule Five cut. I don't think she's particularly good looking. It's not like she's ugly per se, but she's just not. Maybe she's she's kind of she's kind of overly strong faced. Although I will say her the her eye shape is pretty interesting. Yeah, but I just okay. So she's a five or six. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I really don't know. But, you know, I will say her eye shape and color are interesting. Well, I, of course, I've never seen her act and don't plan on it. But Don't. Uh, don't but, say that. You. I'm just going by the picture. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm saying I've never seen her act and I don't plan on doing it. Uh, no. But, uh, yeah, it's like. Uh, Stacy, uh, you know, I need John, to talk to you about I, before the show started. John said to me, Stacy, I saw that post and and it seemed like you were having a lot of fun writing. I'm referring to a post that went up today called Adult Film Actress, and that's a square scare quote. Yeah, Adult <laughs> Film Actress. Okay, the scholars and theologians assembled under royal commission to produce the official English translation we know as the King James Bible, were working with Hebrew and Greek original texts. And when it came to decide what word to use for women who have sex for money, settled on the word whore, which is a fine old Anglo-Saxon word, I think. 
If that word was good enough for the finest scholars of 1611, it's good enough for me. But the folks at CNN have chosen the phrase adult film actress. Hold it. <laughs> Hold it. You said CNN. <laughs> Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol, we'll be there on the double. Whenever there's a problem, Round Adventure Bay. Oh my lord. That is the CNN theme, as we're calling it, uh, because uh, if, you, if you've been paying attention, you know that CNN's ratings are lower than the kitty cartoon <laughs> Fall Patrol on the Nickelodeon network. So, uh, oh, Lord. Uh, so, so anyways, whenever I mention, anyways, to get back to the subject of the whore Stormy Daniels, the folks at CNN have chosen the word adult, the phrase adult film actress to describe Stormy Daniels as if sleazy porn videos deserve to be classified as film, as if it is adult behavior to watch such sleazy videos, and as if acting was her claim to fame. That's really got to bother you as a theater major. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, the fact that Stormy Daniels is having her 15 minutes of fame extended, we owe to Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, who was elected two years ago on a simple platform, Prosecute Trump. Ah. We're not supposed to say Soros funded in connection with Bragg, although he was in fact funded by Soros. But meanwhile... Bragg has made it a policy not to prosecute crimes he deems low-level offenses, and crime has skyrocketed out of control in New York. But what Bragg does prosecute is the very serious crime alleged against Donald Trump, paying a whore to shut up. <laughs> this is the only crime. This is only a crime if it's committed by a Republican. Basically, being a Republican is a crime unto itself, according to Alvin Bragg. And uh, so Alvin Bragg is following a path uh, first trod by another lawyer who gained national <laughs> fame, Michael Avenatti. You recall that he represented Stormy Daniels. And, and stole it, her money. And stole her money while appearing on every cable news uh, program in the country. And where is he now? 14 in years in federal prison. That's, that's where he is. he doesn't is. deserve it. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, um, uh, Jacob Sullen says that uh, this, this whole case brought by Bragg is relying on debatable facts and untested legal theories to transform minor misconduct into a felony, close quote. I still say that what's going to happen is uh, 
that we're going to wind up with the Manhattan jury convicting him. And then we're going to wind up with the thing being thrown out on appeal. Yeah. Yeah. But it's stupid. But I <laughs> did not start me. this post with the intent to engage in punditry about the Stormy Daniels case, because what's the point? Every pundit on the planet is battling about this case. And why should I add my voice to that cacophony? No, I started this post with the intention of making fun of CNN. Primetime ratings for CNN have fallen 61% this month. Oh my gosh. The steepest dip in viewership among the big three cable news giants, according to the latest figures released by Nielsen. And mm. so this is, this is a bad omen for CNN. And now, of course, it's time... Oh, yeah. And the wharf. <laughs> anyway. At least it wasn't the French version this time. Oh, my. Oh, my. You know, I, I, I told Rod about the, my husband about that, and I don't think he stopped. He Okay, Rod doesn't laugh aloud very much, but there was a definite <laughs> to be heard. <laughs> Yeah, but does he speak French? Very well, actually. Okay, well, I'll, maybe I should send a link. Well, oh no, no, just actually. Okay, no. are we actually, all through laughing now? Yeah, because I'm yes, going to talk because about because we're my, about to become depressed. Yes. Well, I'm going to talk about uh, uh, schools, gun in my home, guns in my hometown of Nashville. Uh, mm -hmm. That school shooting uh, would have been unimaginable when I was in elementary school in Nashville. And to give you an idea of how close this is to me, uh, I mm -hmm. went to uh, elementary school, Junior Green Elementary School, which is the corner of uh, Hobbs Road and Warfield Drive. And um, the uh, it is a, was about a mile and an eighth from my house. This school is a uh, the, the Covenant School is a much more recently built private school, mm -hmm. and it's it's actually closer to where I grew up. Um, mm -hmm. this, this is my neighborhood. I mean, where I was a kid. Um, uh, and it got me thinking about uh, a post I did called Teachers and Guns uh, about five years ago, um, and which was about my reflecting on my teachers and which ones I might have trusted to have a gun. Uh, Mr. Brown, the eighth grade teacher at mm. Junior Green and Coach Warfield were uh, veterans of the Second World War. So I suspect they probably would have been able to handle that responsibility well. And Mrs. Mathis, who was a maybe four foot 10 inch fireball, uh, <clears throat> that, the principal uh, and my fifth, fourth grade teacher, Miss mm -hmm. Thompson, were the kind of people that probably, yeah, they'd have done all right. Uh, with fire, a firearm and field. When I was in high, high school, I went to a, a private school that was part of a college. So mm. we had an armed campus cop. It was you mm. know, part of the buildings and grounds sort of stuff. But several members of the faculty were veterans, uh, including one of my French teachers who had come as a war bride after serving in the resistance. Mm. And there was one particular character, uh, Dr. Mm. Uh, uh, <laughs> Dr. Holden, 
uh, a lot of my uh, teachers, since we were associated with the college, had a PhD. Uh, the American history teacher, uh, there's a picture of him in our annual with a Colt single action army revolver in class. So I would have been the least bit surprised to know that he was armed. But I grew up in a very different place in, in different time. Um, mm -hmm. It was a place where the idea of a school shooting was so crazy that there just wasn't anybody insane enough to try it. Now we fast forward mm -hmm. to this year. And, you know, when seconds account, the cops were only minutes away. The, the, yeah, if you, have you, if you've seen that uh, body cam video I have. Of, 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 of their response, it was, mm -hmm. you know, for the time the 9-11 call came in to the, uh, the time that the killer was dead, it was like mm -hmm. 14 minutes. And you can mm -hmm. see that, you know, they didn't waste a lot of time. That's an under, that's a roughly two minute video of the time they come through the front door of the school to, yep. uh, to they've, they've shot her. And, mm -hmm. you know, that was My, too long. It was too long. And we, too we, long. Need, we need to find a more robust way to protect the kids. Yeah, um, well. On the other uh, hand, you know, even lower than, uh, maybe their bet ratings are better, but they're even lower than uh, CNN is what MSNBC uh, did with their coverage. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, mm. um, I uh, actually uh, spent, um, I guess it was, da -da -da -da, he looks at the calendar. And then looks back. Was it Wednesday? Wednesday? Wednesday morning? Uh, after watching uh, Fox News, I, I I just was like, "Well, let's see what they're saying over there on MSNBC about this shooting in Nashville." So I watched MSNBC, so you don't have to. And it ruined my whole day. See, the idea that I had in mind was, wait a minute, this transgender person killed six people, including three children, at a mm -hmm. Christian school. Now, mm -hmm. how is MSNBC going to deal with the fact that, you know, look at who the victims are and look at who the perpetrator is. Uh, yeah, and old, you know, old, do you think it might be a hate crime? Yeah, yeah, you might. You might think that this bunch of people who have, have spent so long claiming that right-wing extremists are the greatest threat to the nation, it, yeah, it right. might have given them pause, but they live in no. such a bubble uh, that no one ever holds them accountable. And so I'm watching MSNBC and Joe Scarborough blamed Republicans, believe yeah, it or right. not. He said, he said, Scarborough argued that the Second Amendment doesn't protect, quote-unquote, the right to carry around weapons of war. They talk uh. about freedom. They talk of freedom that they have made up in their own twisted heads. <clears throat> what kind of weapons does he think a well-regulated militia would uh, bear? They talk about a freedom. They talk of freedom that they have made up in their own twisted mm. hands because they have been whipped into a paranoid frenzy by the NRA for 25 years. Oh, please. No, I've been whipped in. I've been a life member for longer than that. 
I am not actually, I, all I can say is that um, I, it, people got, mar peasants got rounded up and forced into the fields carrying their scythes and uh, threshing tools called mattocks. Um, uh, threshing tools, uh, mattocks revolt. and hoes. Yes. And, you no, know, they were marched out into their fields by their betters to uh, fight other, uh, other groups of people, uh, frequently better armed. And those were called weapons of war. And if they if their side lost, which usually did, um, they got hanged for being in rebellion. Um, so I and for wielding weapons of war. So you know, um, shut up about weapons of war. I I know this propaganda too well. Well, um, sorry. Never never talk to somebody who's actually read history. Well, um, for, for that matter, the meme that, uh, was it last night or night before last, that uh, Wombat had uh, on his uh, mm. part of the blog, uh, had, a, had a picture of a bunch of Plains Indians standing there right. with, with their weapons. And the caption right. was, when the government says you don't need a, a firearm, you need a firearm. You need firearms. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, anyway, see, uh, Joe Scarborough went on, Quote, because of Republicans, because of the NRA, because of the gun manufacturers who make millions and millions and billions of dollars. Oh, no, we now nice. live in a society where the cops are afraid of the convicts, where former presidents, they make martyrs out of convicts who stormed the United States Capitol. These Republicans are the enemy of the rule of law. Yeah, right. And I and I just and so I'm sitting there and and like I said, this ruined my whole day having to watch this stuff because you know I'm sitting there going, is there no one over there? And by the way, let me tell you why Joe Scarborough is the way he is. Do you know? Do you know? Mika Brzezinski? No, 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 no. Why did Joe Scarborough end up on the left, okay, because he's, he's you know, he keeps talking about being a conservative. He's not a conservative anymore than... Not anymore, if he no, ever no, was. No, he, he hates Republicans. Why does he hate Republicans? Do you know why he hates Republicans? Let the me throw enter? a name out at you. Ed Schultz. Do you know who Ed Schultz was? For many years, he was a, a successful sports broadcaster. But then in the 1990s, right after the, mm -hmm. you, know, you know, Rush Limbaugh comes on, the Republicans win Congress, and everybody in AM radio says, conservative talk radio, we need a local host. And Ann Schultz uh, was one of those guys who got into local conservative talk radio thinking that he would be the next Rush Limbaugh, and he failed. Mm. Failed at being a conservative talk radio host, and mm. then went on, and you may remember Air America, the failed uh, effort to create a liberal talk radio network, uh, he was one of the people on that, and somehow he ended up with his own MSNBC show, uh, which lasted, uh, well, until he died, uh, mm. uh, I believe, of uh, uh, coronary uh, problems. But anyways, mm. but Ed Schultz, the same thing is true of Joe Scarborough. Okay, remember, he was a Republican member of the class that took over with Newt Gingrich in 1994, okay? 
And then after serving his six-year term, he served uh, six years in Congress, and then mm -hmm. left and tried to make it as a conservative talk radio okay. host. <laughs> and he failed. He was not good enough. As a matter of fact, part of the problem was he couldn't deal with callers calling in to disagree with what he said. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a problem. Uh, well, you would think somebody who is wrong as much would be used to that. But here's the thing. If you've ever met Joe Scarborough, you understand why he is the way he is. He's a very tall guy. He's got to be 6'4", easily. Okay? And I'll tell you something about big guys like that. They're not used to having people, you know, get up in their face and tell them off. Okay? Okay? And... Uh, it, it, the other thing is, is that that uh, Joe Scarborough was the golden boy, okay, of, of that little, I mean, uh, in his community where he grew up, <coughs> he was the big success story. And so he can't handle criticism. And that's how he ended up on MSNBC. But I return uh, to the point is that as bad as Scarborough was, okay, and that idiot shit he was talking, that wasn't the worst of it because then they brought on a panel discussion and on the oh. panel of all people to talk about violence, right? <laughs> the guy they brought on was Al Sharpton. <laughs> Al freaking Sharpton. Okay. Al Sharpton basically incited a riot in which, mm -hmm. um, in which Yankel Rosenbaum was killed. Mm -hmm. And if you if Google Yankel Rosenbaum, yeah. and that was the Crown Heights riot. Mm -hmm. Okay. But then he, he stirred up so much hatred over a dispute between a landlord and a tenant, a commonplace mm. thing in New York, uh, Freddie's fashion mart. And it ended up in arson that killed people. Mm -hmm. uh, because of this guy. <coughs> and so they bring on this uh, literal hate monger, you mm -hmm. know, who, and he's on there. I tell you, it ruined my whole day. Well, not mm -hmm. only that, though, but it really cements their point of view in, mm -hmm. uh, in, uh, and, and displays how they feel about a trans uh, person murdering six Christians. Uh, uh, on the other hand, uh, uh, you know, uh, there are people who do understand that crazy people are dangerous. And I, I, mm. you have a post up about uh, that uh, with, uh, uh, yes. with the Helen Smith uh, ah, yes. insta-wife. Getting back to Nashville. Mm. Yes, yes. The uh, uh, attractive... Um, wife of our good friend you know i i look at her and she's a dead ringer for my my wife of my my brother's wife i mean they, it's like they could be sisters or yeah. something well well Oops. helen dr helen smith is a, a forensic psychologist who happens mm -hmm. to be married uh to professor glenn reynolds aka instapundit and uh so she after the uh shooting in nashville she was on um uh, Fox News, where she said, mm -hmm. quote, when I did studies in the late 1990s 
on mm. girls who kill or girls who are violent, I found that girls who feel very lonely, girls who dislike school, and girls who hold in a lot of anger tend mm. to lash out at uh, other people. And at the time, we, we you know didn't know much about it, but we did find out, uh, it was reported, that that um, the person um, that the, the, the killer, Audrey Hale, uh, a.k.a. Adrian Hale, um, uh, was under a doctor's care for an emotional disorder and purchased seven guns ahead of the shooting. And, and, and had to lie on the, the form. Which, <laughs> right, of course, right. she did. Right, right. In, or, right. in order to... Uh, you know, say, you know, about the mental illness question. Yeah, she sent a message to a friend saying, I, I'm planning to die today. Mm. You'll probably hear about me on the news. And her friend tried to talk uh, to her about it. Poor thing. Um, uh, but, um, you know, she said, she said, my wife is, my life is worthless and I want to, you know, I mean, to summarize mm -hmm. this attitude that so many of these uh, killers have, mm -hmm. and I could go down the list, it's the blaze of glory fantasy, yeah. uh, where they believe their life is worthless and want to kill themselves. But what they'll do is do a mass shooting and get the cops to kill them instead, this blaze of glory. And, it, and you can go back as far, certainly, as the Columbine. Okay, so mm -hmm. find these. But the, uh, they but, shot each other. I've actually seen that tape. Yeah, and the, but the only lesson we can draw from this is the most obvious one. I've, I've been teaching for years now. Crazy, crazy people, people, people are, dangerous. are dangerous. Yeah. Well, some of us are dangerous without being crazy, but I'm not going to worry about that. Meanwhile... We'll see you next week, Stacey. Yeah, yeah uh, folks, uh, yeah, the Boogie Woogie Piano tells us it's about time to get on out of here. And so <laughs> we will be back. Are we going to be back on next Saturday? I hope so. It's okay, Easter. Well, I, it's it's Easter, Easter Eve. Weekend. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we'll be back at uh, 7 o'clock uh, as usual next Saturday. And thank okay. you for joining us, Diana. I'm always happy to do so. See you soon. Good night, Stacey. Good night, Diana. Good night, Good night. Mr. Breeze. <laughs>